Rock on Howie, and this is the Fat Pizza Podcast. Each week, I revisit the iconic TV series, and this week is episode 8 of season 2, Girlfriend Pizza. But before I get into the episode, one of Australia's funniest comics appeared throughout season 1 of the series, and he joins me today on the podcast. Ostentatious, welcome to the Fat Pizza Podcast. Oh, my pleasure, my absolute pleasure. Uh, how did the connection with Paul Fennick and the series come about? Well, uh, I was working at the comedy store in Sydney and uh, this little guy, uh, you know Paul's about uh, four foot one, I think, something oh, four five foot, foot, so. five foot something, five foot. What is he? Five foot, five foot. Six, I think, I think right three, foot, three foot eleven. I think three foot eleven. And um, he came to my show, and um, he was sitting in the front row. And I think I, I, I started some sort of uh, um, relationship with somebody in the audience who looked like him, but was about two feet taller than him. And that guy, for some reason, that guy came on stage, and he looked exactly like Paul Fennick, except except that he was about six foot three, and. Uh, then Fennec, for some reason, Fennec came on, uh, came up there as well. So I had both of them up there, and um, it was a very funny night because uh, because of the because of the way they looked and because of their interactions, etc. And uh, because I'm a genius, so um, it worked very well, Lachlan. It was funny, and uh, from that moment, I uh, I began a relationship which uh, which end, ended with um, us winning Crockford. With uh, a short film, I believe, called uh, Intolerance. Yeah, uh, so I wrote this movie called Intolerance, and I'd already had quite an association with Paulie because we'd done quite a lot of pizza shows and uh, different, different other uh, other different things. Um, yep. And uh, so I wrote this little film, which was a Holocaust-themed idea. Yep. about me being picked up by a Nazi cab driver. But I played all the parts, and uh, yep. he was the director. Yep. And we won Best best Film, and I won Best Actor at Crop Fest. And uh, he uh, he decided that he would put it in in the name of a, a fictitious feminist filmmaker called Laura Feinstein. And um, if she won, we'd make a movie of her accepting her award somewhere in the middle of the, the desert. And uh, none of us had any idea that it would win, but it won. And uh, then Paul Fennick jumped up and said he was Paul. He was Laura Feinstein. And much to the chagrin of uh, most of the people in uh, in prominent positions at Tropfest. So uh, I never worked there again. Well, uh, yeah, I, I heard about that story from um, watching Paul being interviewed by various um, podcast people. With that yeah. kind of story. Now, uh, yeah. were there any challenges you faced whilst filming? Um, well, um, look, I'm, I, you know, it was, it was early in my career as a as an actor. I hadn't done many things on, uh, you know, as a as an actor, and uh, so it was uh, it was fairly improvisational. So everybody, you know, the the, the actual situation was was uh, was predetermined, but um, the actual uh, the actual lines were written by the actors, like like Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. Mm. So you set up a you set up the uh, the parameters of the idea, 
and um, of the scene, and then uh, the, all the actors fill it in. And uh, because I'm a genius, um, I filled it in pretty well. But it, it was it was daunting. It was it was a little bit daunting, um, yeah. as you know, yeah, as you, you're an actor yourself. Of course I am, mate. Especially the time I first met you, mate. I was pretty much your youngest fan. You were, and you were the best thing that night. You really made the night there at yes, that I little did. show at the Arkabar. And yes. uh, without you, mate, I'm telling you, that show would have died in the ass. Yes, it would have died in the yard, because it would have. Anyway, mate, um, <laughs> it would have. Uh, were the characters you played fully scripted, or were you given a license to just let things happen at times? No, but pretty, pretty much, um, pretty much made up. You know, they were all. But I mean, we had we had a few different characters, and uh, I can't even remember what I did in there. But I, I did a lot. I think I did a lot of those pizza shows. I just can't remember, but. Um, that was my first association with him, and then uh, then we did Crop Fest, and uh, actually we went to Poland as well. I made a documentary about my father's yeah. uh, story in the Holocaust, and uh, yeah. and Paul directed that too. Oh, Paul's a very talented guy, a very talented director, just very short, but he but he's um he's a very talented man. Yeah, I believe that the trip that when you went to Poland, back to Poland. Um, was I believe Aussie Jokers in many ways, or if that was it was uh, it was part of that series, Aussie yeah. Jokers. Yeah. yeah. So the idea, which was my idea, was to have um, comedians of ethnic origin go back to their to their uh, childhood, uh, you know, or their you know the, the places of origin. So their, um, you know, say uh, Joe Avati, I think was in there, and he he was from Italy, and then. Uh, George Kapinaris was from Greece, etc. So, and my my background was Holocaust and Poland, and so we went to Poland. We went to the uh, <clears throat> went to the extermination camp uh, Treblinka, and also to Auschwitz, etc. So mm, it was yeah. a fairly daunting exercise for me. It was fairly confronting, but uh, it was a good show. It's a very good show, and and he uh, he did a very good job directing it. Yeah, but he's very short. But uh, mm. but he he did a he did a great job. Yeah. Uh, now, any favourite s- stories from the series you can share? Um, well, most mo- most of uh, most of the stories that, uh, that occurred there were just basically um, because we we filmed a lot in in public areas and we got in we got into trouble. Um, I remember once we were at uh, we were shooting outside Scott Morrison's house. That's before he was. Um, you know when he when he worked when he was when he was working as a cab driver, and um, I think that somebody from the crew spilled something on his taxi, and uh, that was the most uh, the most problematic story. And his wife came out, and uh, the crew was berated, and uh, was it was a terrible thing because he had a fleet of taxis, and I think we damaged uh, thirty seven of them. And um, and once I said to uh, once I went, you know we, we got into a bit of an argument, me and Scott, and I said you'll never be prime minister. I said to him, you know just just off the cuff and. Boy, was I wrong about that. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. And, I, and then I said to him, uh, you know, Hawaii is always a great tourist destination. <laughs> but uh, he, he uh, I don't think he ever picked up on that. <laughs> yep. Uh, now, what's happening in the world of ostentatious right now? Um, well, I've just sold my, uh, my documentary, Ostentatious Skin in the Game, which has been a, a two-year... Uh, labor of love and um 
it's a 90 minute doco and it's going on television very shortly on a streamer so yeah so what streaming it, services so I can't really say who I can't really say who but because uh, I've just done the deal and I've just just actually been paid so um okay well, I can't really talk about it anymore but it, it's just a story of my whole career yeah so I I I saw that uh, it may have been just before or after I met you at the Arco Bar um, that you were doing some shows with Mandy Nolan. Yes, yeah. You know Mandy Nolan? Uh, well, through friends of um, Michael Hutchins. Friends of Michael oh, yeah, Hutchins. Yeah. So, yeah, just, yeah, and also really in excess um, uh, connections and stuff with um, people. But um, Well, she was married to Michael Hutchins' brother, Red yeah, Hutchins, who I know yeah. pretty well. I knew Michael very well, too. And uh, Yeah, God, God, bless him, we, God bless his soul. Yeah, yeah, God bless his soul. It was a great band uh, that he was in, that Cold Chisel. I really loved that band, and uh, good on him. He did a great job. Uh, all right, then, mate. Uh, good to speak to you, uh, Ostentatious. Thank you for joining oh, me. My, my absolute pleasure, Lachlan, and all the best to you. And uh, just keep going to comedian shows and disrupt them if you can, <laughs> particularly Dave Hughes, uh, Will Anderson, um, um, and any any uh, up and comers, just uh, just give them give them hell, Harry. I will I will tear them to, I will tear them to bits. Um, that's that's what we need. That's what we need in this country. Somebody uh, yeah. tearing comedians to bits. That yeah. that would be great. You should be on the project there, tearing them to bits, and uh, you know attacking that mediocrity. That would be terrific. Good on you, Lachlan. Nice to talk to you, mate. Good good to see you, mate. Good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. See you, mate. See you, mate. Thank you very much. See ya. Bye bye. In Girlfriend Pizza, the men all have girlfriend and dating experiences. Much like me. Unfortunately, uh, Paulie is dating two girls at once and does not know which one is worse. Just make sure she's going to bring some good-looking chick friends because I dumped that chick I was going out with. Mate, her jealousy, it was ridiculous, mate. It was out of proportion. Yeah, now let's go and see this one because that chick actor and she was in silence at a sheep tip top. I like her. Let's see her, that's good. Which one? That one there with, you know, whatever her name is. What? You want to go see her? Yeah, Jessica Pandy, she's good. Oh my gosh. You want to f her, don't you? I don't know why, but she's got this idea I'm always chasing and looking after other chicks, you know? Like, um. And down, and up. Mm. That was a good move. I reckon it's her low self-esteem. Nothing to do with me. Bobo has a date with a disabled, bad-tempered woman who will not accept any help at all. Would you like me to read you the specials? They're, um, they're just there behind you. I'm not blind. You don't have to patronise me. What do you think I'm shit? Is that what you think of me? What do you think you're doing? I'm just trying to help you get the bar. Do you think I'm a pathetic cripple? Are you on some trip to belittle me in front of the whole restaurant? <laughs> Don't even think about it! But you know, it's, it's bent the wrong way! And Sweet has a new girlfriend, Dina, played by Brianne Hawkins, who, much to his horror, is a sexual stripper. If you think that I'm letting my daughter go out with a f***ing prick that frequents low-life f***ing strip clubs, you've got to be f***ing 
Abandon me! <laughs> Sucked in a poorly, couldn't even make it to a strip club. And for you, Sleeky, this is your last night, mate. You can look, but you won't be touching. Dina's in the flower shop working. Probably thinking about me and not concentrating. Ooh, I think she just cut herself on a rosebud. I love you, Dina. Look at Bobo embarrassing himself with that charmuto. <laughs> That's the end of the road for you, Sleeky. From now on, mate, your sleazy days are over. It's time for you to clean up your act and start thinking about marriage with Dina. Yeah. She's not Lebanese, but that's cool. Mum can teach her how to cook. And tomorrow I'm going to surprise Mum by bringing Dina over for lunch. I bet my brother will be proven at her. A heap of guests make an appearance in this episode, including Sky Kelly as Tina, Brian Hawkins as Dina, Rosaline Odes as Sammy, Pamela Drysdale as Sally Wheels, Adam Rosenberg as Ahmed, Jacqueline Moraine as Shaza, and Andrew Perry and Christina De Silva as the dancers. And this episode is also a tribute to the late Richard Carter, who played Dad Stanko. Next week, I'll look at episode 9 of season 2, Anzac Pizza, where Paulie wants to march in the Anzac Day Parade, but is repeatedly sidetracked. The Fat Pizza Podcast is big, fat, and still cheesy. I will leave it to you.